Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back for another edition of Pot of Gold Extra Point. We have no idea, zero, none, what direction this show is going to go because we're all over the place. We can talk Georgia Tech, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame remains undefeated, 6-0, and 5-0 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Goes down to Atlanta, comes back with a 31-13 victory at Bobby Dodd Stadium on Saturday. That sets up the showdown with you-know-who. You know where, you know when, next week, Notre Dame Stadium, number one Clemson, no Trevor Lawrence. We can talk about Clemson. We can talk about Halloween candy. We can talk, talk about Carter Carl's dating life. Oh, no. And we can also talk about why in the world it's so freaking hard for people to follow the rules and wear a mask, right? Yeah, so I saw your tweets, uh, and it, it seemed like there was some interesting hoopla that happened on the plane back from Atlanta. Okay, we're at, we were recording this. Uh, we usually record our podcast the day after a Notre Dame game around 9.30, 9.45 in the morning. Get it up on our website so you guys can listen about Notre Dame, uh, listen to us ramble about Notre Dame football. But it is now 2.45 in the afternoon, and it is officially – Snowing in South Bend. I know Carter's a little depressed. First snowfall of the year, it's about a 45-mile-an-hour wind. Wind chills are like at 5. So that's the type of weather that we have in South Bend right now. But we're, we're recording this late because I came back late from Atlanta, just rolled in from the airport. And apparently the couple that was seated in front of me on the regional jet, Delta regional jet out of Hartsfield, they went to the Notre Dame game, so, so the husband is decked out in full Notre Dame gear. He's got the jacket, he's got the shirt, he's got the hat, but he's also got a big pair of headphones that he's wearing, and I think he's wearing a big pair of headphones because he didn't want to listen to his wife bellyache <laughs> about the fact that she couldn't wear a mask. So they're obviously Notre Dame fans, or they're Notre Dame uh, employees, they're affiliated, they may be affiliated with Notre Dame, but the bottom line is, is they're down in Atlanta for one reason, to go to the Notre Dame-Georgia Tech game. Again, Notre Dame wins 31-13, 6-0, 5-0. We'll talk about that game in a minute. But they're there in Atlanta to go to the game. And if you're going to go to the game, what do you have to do if you're going to a football game these days, Carter? Uh, wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. Yep. So she probably wore a mask. And they're not going to let her wear a mask. Yeah. So all Saturday afternoon for about three and a half hours at Bobby Dodd Stadium, which goes rockets to the top of my coverage list in my short time of, of covering Notre Dame football because, A, great location, B, fantastic city, C, maybe C should be A, open-air press box. 
And if it's an open-air press box, you've been to an open-air press box at Sanford Stadium about 70 miles east of Atlanta when they played Georgia last year. There's nothing like an open-air open air press box. Beautiful. Like, all stadiums should be open-air. Mandatory. Let's get on that. We'll work on that for 2021. But I digress. So the lady gets on the plane, and she's got this half type of face mask going on. The mask covers her nose, and the rest of her face has like a shield on it. And the flight attendant's like, no, 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 that's not going to fly. You know, that, but you need to have a face mask. And she starts belly aching about that she's got documentation and this and that. And she, she's got a, a doctor's orders. She can't wear a face mask. So she's holding her ground. The flight attendant's holding her ground. And meanwhile, we're supposed to push back from Hartsfield and be on our way back up to South Bend. About a 75-minute flight, I think. So we're sitting there, and everybody's the – plane's, the plane's basically full. And it was funny. Here, another side story. They were looking for people to get off the plane. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure my man Carter Carls would be all over this offer. The gate agent at the end – by the time we were getting ready to board, the gate agent was offering anybody one thousand dollars wow to give up their seat and take a later flight which would get back into south bend about 9 45 so this guy's like yep i'll do it for a thousand i'm in so he was ready to go so we're sitting there and we're waiting and we're waiting and they bring this guy that was going to take the grand they bring him back on the plane i'm like what happened what happened where's your thousand dollars so he goes yeah they rescinded the offer because there was an open seat available so he sits down, and this lady's still sitting there saying, I'm not wearing a mask. They bring the gate agent down the jetway. He talks to her. She's not budging. Now they bring a Delta manager. Delta manager says, uh, Miss, I'm going to have to ask you to get up, and we're going to go talk in the jetway. And at this point, the, the lady's thinking that they're going to throw her off the plane. <laughs> She's like, well, why do you want to talk to me in the jetway? Why can't you talk to me right here? Why can't you just say – Got 50 people waiting to go to South Bend, and this lady's got her <laughs> heels dug in the sand. And her husband's got his headphones on, listening to whatever he's listening to, just so he doesn't have to listen to his wife. Dylan, yeah. I don't blame so she gets, they get up and leave, and it take like 10 more minutes. Finally, she comes back. She puts a regular mask on that covers her whole face, and is, is at this point, she's sobbing. She's crying because she has to wear a mask. Look, it's a pandemic. Wear a mask. Like, how hard is it to wear a mask for an hour? She spent the entire flight crying and, and rocking back and forth and then burying her head in the seat in front of her and then pulling her mask up so she, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't fit snug against her face. Like, it, it, and so we get to South Bend. Actually, we got in 15 minutes early, and they went on their way, probably took their mask off. But if I don't have to wear a mask, Carter, for the next three weeks, unless I have to run to the grocery store for something, I'll be happy because I just, I just added up from my Friday travel to the Saturday game coverage to my Sunday travel. I've had a mask on for like 20 hours. Yeah, um, that's, that's a hard deal. I, how am I going to eat my Halloween candy <laughs> with my mask? I, I just – I'm trying to imagine myself in that scenario. I don't know if I could have been there like you because I have a really dark sense of humor. I would have just probably bust out laughing just because I would feel everyone's pain 
and would just laugh at the the absurdity of the situation and I'd probably get punched by um, that woman or maybe her husband but I would be laughing for sure uh, but maybe not for long if it lasted as long as that did <laughs> I just can't well, and, and, and there, I mean what do you expect but you, like you know going into the flight you have to do that so why was it like a huge surprise it's, what I'm just right like she sits she sits down and all of a sudden she's going to be like yeah I can't wear a mask a doctor said I can't wear a mask okay well then how did you go to the football game yesterday for four hours without a mask on because if you took your mask off at Bobby Dodd Stadium you'd probably get thrown out so it's like being surprised that like your flight attendant wants you to wear a seatbelt it's like (laughs) you're on a flight you know you have to wear a seatbelt and it, it makes you more safe and so why are you like also, you know, I wear a mask when I work out. Like, it's not the biggest deal in the world. So, I don't know. We, we don't have to go all in on that. But I just – I think it's funny when those sort of things happen because I just – a lot of people get mad by it, but I kind of laugh because it's so absurd to me. It's just, well, see, here's the thing, too. Uh, one, of, one of the uh, the other guys uh, uh, down in Atlanta was Matt Freeman from Irish Sports Daily. So, Matt and I are texting – back and forth while this whole thing's going on. And he was worried. He had a whole row all to himself. And he was worried that because the lady didn't have her mask on, that the airline was going to make us all deplane so they could re-sanitize the aircraft before we could get back on. Boy. So he wanted to get home. He wanted to get back to South Bend and watch his Bengals. So he's probably watching the Bengals doing whatever they're doing right now. So it's just, it's, it's like a comedy of errors. Anytime I fly, if, if, the lady in front of me refuses to isn't refusing to wear or isn't is refusing to wear a mask. That happened on this flight. The last time I was on a flight, when Tyler James and I were coming back from the Camping World Bowl, I look over the guy next to me, and he's got the bloody noses. He's got the the bloody nose to end all bloody noses. Like this thing's squirting everywhere. It's on the seat. It's on the window. We had and we had just taxied out too, and the guy's sitting right next to me. He's got blood all over the place. So <laughs> if you've got a flight with me, you might want to change it because odds are something's going to happen. Wow. See, this is why I drove to Pittsburgh. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to deal with that. Um, no. But, man, other than that, though, Atlanta, pretty great city, Bobby Dobbins Stadium, open-air press box. Was it a pretty good uh, atmosphere and experience, 11,000 fans there? 11,000 fans, 60 degrees, a little breezy, but sunny. Weather's nice. It's October. Everyone's going trick-or-treating back home, and I'm sitting in Bobby Dodd Stadium watching the Irish roll past Georgia Tech. Yeah, it was a pretty good Saturday. Like I tweeted out, I said, there are worse ways to spend a fall Saturday. Sitting at Bobby Dodd Stadium was not one of them. And plus the Irish won. We're able to finally turn our attention the number one Clemson at 6.51 p.m. I had in my column on, on ND Insider today. That's what time the game ended. And since then, from here on out, like Dale and Hayes said, it's Clemson week, baby. Let's go. It's Clemson week. And, you know, I think there was a lot to like from that game. And there was a couple things to nitpick, kind of like the ordinary Notre Dame game this season where – you have some bad things, have some good things. Um, and, you know, Brian Kelly went in his press bo- press conference. Really, his big message was the defense, that, that Dalen Hayes, that was a huge game for him. 
that this defense – where'd that come from? Yeah, and, and this defense ranks top 10 in every major category now, uh, including third down efficiency. So um, for all the talk about Ian Book and, hey, you know, like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Yes, obviously he is a big part to the equation of, uh, of whether Notre Dame can beat Clemson. But so is this defense. I mean, this could end up being when you're, you're facing a true freshman quarterback, and I know he's talented, but this could end up being a low-scoring game when it's all said and done, and maybe that's how Notre Dame wins. Uh, and maybe it's not Ian Book having to be all-worldly. Maybe it's he's more of a game manager, and they win a 16-13 to 13 kind of game. So I think that can't be lost from this team, the fact that the defense is the strength, that they're starting to peak at the right time, and you, you got to like what you see from what you saw from Dalen Hayes. As upbeat and energetic as Brian Kelly was a week ago when you were in Pittsburgh watching the Irish at Heinz Field, he kind of he kind of backed off that enthusiasm of, yeah, they won forty five to three. They played with great energy and purpose and grit and poise and all that stuff. And he, he was he kind of he kind of backpedaled a little bit post game in Atlanta yesterday, talking about some of the stuff that they have to clean up and talking about how he didn't like you know they left some plays on the field they took some bad penalties in the second half there the the penalty early in the the third quarter by Drew White the late hit by Drew White really catapulted Georgia Tech into a long drive down the field at that point so yeah there are things that they they need to clean up but I, I think Brian Kelly didn't want to be all energetic and enthusiastic about, all right, now we get a chance to play the number one team because it's going to be a weird week as it is in South Bend. It's all, it already was going to be a weird week, but because Tuesday's election day, like all colleges are taking Tuesday off. Like Tuesday's, it's almost yeah. like a, it's like, it's a, it, like it's a national holiday. Like they're not going to practice on Tuesday. So today is Sunday afternoon for us mere mortals, knuckleheads watching football with nothing else to do. But over at Notre Dame, today's, today's a Monday for the Irish. Like, they, they're in film, they're in meetings, they're in practices. They're going to practice uh, on Mon- – Monday's going to be a practice – going to be like a Tuesday practice, and then they're going to take Tuesday off. So, Brian Kelly, it was kind of surprising just to hear his tone post-game in Atlanta yesterday, but I think he did that just because he, he wanted these guys, yeah, start looking at Clemson but also realize that the work that we have to do to prepare for Clemson for them basically started like 12 hours after that game ended yesterday. Yeah. It's just kind of a business mentality. You know, I think he had already spent enough time the last few weeks talking about Clemson and how this team's doing well. Now, now he wants to kind of crack down and be like, okay guys, like we need to take this seriously. We, we need to be dialed in and with, how weird this week is going to be. You want to be extra dialed in. I mean, this next 11-day stretch is going to be really a crazy stretch for Notre Dame when you have the Tuesday election, you have Saturday against Clemson, and then if you want to add it in, mm-hmm. Saturday, the next Saturday they're playing Phil Dracovic and Boston College. You know, that game's going to mean something too. And Boston College looked pretty good on Saturday. So, like – I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of emotion. There's going to be a lot going on in the world and uh, with, with this week. So uh, I think they're going to have to be dialed in. And uh, it's, it's certainly – I mean, <laughs> this is 
the biggest home game at Notre Dame Stadium in 15 years since the Bush push. So um, yep. everything's on the line. And they will get a chance to play Clemson again probably, even if they lose. But with Trevor Lawrence out, this is a must, must win for them. We get our share, whether it's myself, whether it's you, whether it's our other two guys at Indy Insider and Tyler James and Eric Hansen. We all get our share of Notre Dame football emails and fans being worked up and uptight about this and uptight about that. Can you imagine what the scenario is going to be if we're sitting here a week from today and Notre Dame is playing number one Clemson at Notre Dame Stadium without Trevor Lawrence and they don't win that game? I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially depending on how it looks. And I think Notre Dame fans were upset today when they kind of checked the weather report and it's not going to be a cold, <laughs> rainy, snowy kind of game, especially today it's cold, rainy. But this Saturday I'm pretty sure it's expected to be in the 60s. Uh, and, yep. and lows, I, maybe, lows maybe 46 I saw on Saturday. But, yeah, like today, wind chill in the teens. We're not going to have that on Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium. I was also surprised with how Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney just pretty much immediately addressed the elephant in the room. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence ain't playing. Uh, I thought it was going to be an all-day, everyday, 24-hour drama. It was going to be, you know, more dramatic than The Bachelor. Like, it was going to be that, where it was going to be – Tracking flights, okay, when's his isolation over? Is it over Friday? Is it over Saturday? Does he fly by himself on a private jet Saturday morning? Does he drive? Can a player drive himself? Is that even a thing? I thought it was going to be that kind of week. But, no, he just ended all the suspense. Oh, no, yeah, he's not playing on next Saturday. Yeah, so, he's done. He's done. You know, I think that helps Notre Dame, and now they have a game of film to, to – uh, to look at his backup and, and evaluate him. But, you know, uh, <laughs> DJ's got a, a bright future too. That guy, I mean, my goodness, 6'4", 250. He can throw the ball 85 yards in the air. He is a future pro, and I was impressed with him at times against Boston College. Has a bright future. This is not someone who, you know, like last year, the backup would have been Chase Bryce who played for Duke mm. at, at, at Clemson. Uh, that would have been a huge drop-off. Um, and, yes, there's a drop-off here, but this is a guy that can still lead them to, to big-time wins, and they've got enough talent around them to, to win big-time games. So as much as Notre Dame fans would be upset, don't think you're, you would be losing to some scrub uh, who, you know, isn't going to amount to anything. This is a guy that should be playing on Sundays one day depending on how he develops. Uh, but certainly that's going to be the mood. It's a must win. This is the biggest home game in the Brian Kelly era, and it will have a big, big, big uh, presence on his resume, on his legacy. I mean, you think of all the big things. Notre Dame, when, it, when, the, the, when the lights are shining brightest on the, in the, on the big stage, they have not risen to the occasion very often, especially lately when you think of the Michigan game, the Georgia game. I mean, so in the Clemson College football playoff game, now here it is, one more opportunity 
They've got one of the more experienced teams under Brian Kelly. They've got an elite defense. They've got a three-year starter at quarterback. They've got all five multi-year starters at the offensive line competing for the top award. Uh, they've got all the elements outside of maybe wide receiver. Um, it's just going to be a matter of how they play. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge referendum on, uh, on a lot of things. But see, here's the thing, too, and, and we're talking about how they would need to prepare and they need to be focused, they need to be this. What they don't need to be is to treat this game as the end-all, be-all, which I, I really believe they did that last year when they went up to Ann Arbor that, that weekend where, okay, we've got a week to focus, we've got a week off, we've got an extra week to prepare, we're going to play in Michigan in Michigan Stadium with over 105,000 people, blah, blah, blah. Look how that game turned out. Like that, that's one of the all-time head scratchers in the history of Notre Dame football, as far as I'm concerned. Like to to, to have that, to to know what was at stake on, on that night, and then play that way. Just please, you cannot have that type of a repeat performance on Saturday against Clemson. Yeah, it's a big game, but like these guys always tell us. That's it, whether it's Kyle Hamilton or Dalen Hayes or Ian Book or whoever is in front of us media dopes during the week, they come to Notre Dame to play these types of games. Like every game you play at Notre Dame is a big game. This year, maybe me even more so because you're playing, you're playing for an ACC championship, but don't put so much stock into this weekend to where you can't function like they did defensively the last couple of weeks, like Ian Book did against Pittsburgh, and at times he did against Georgia Tech. Just go out there and play and, and, and don't make it oh, my God, we've got to win this game or the world's going to end a week from today. Right. And, you know, they have been looking ahead at the game. This is obviously something that they've circled on their calendar. And I think it's total BS when coaches, when players around the country say, oh, yeah, it's one week at a time, whatever. No, it's not. Like you One think, game at a time, baby. Think about these games. I think the reason why Brian Kelly looked ahead was because he's got a veteran team that can handle that kind of pressure. You got leaders like Dalen Hayes, Jeremiah Wusukormoa, Ian Book, uh, and and the guys on the offensive line. You can you can think that way, like you can handle things that way. And so when I think when it comes to the pressure, and when it comes to oh, are they going to crack? Uh, I just don't see that happening. I don't see them losing by thirty points. And, you know, I don't see the Michigan game kind of happening just because that doesn't seem like the mentality of this team. And for the most part this season, they've taken care of business outside really the Louisville game. And so, yeah, I just don't see it happening. Um, I think this will be a really competitive, good game. The line set at five and a half uh, favoring Clemson. So uh, the odds makers are expecting to be a good game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that would be the, the one outcome that would be a disaster, the, the blowout, the Michigan game, because at that point you, you would think, okay, uh, like I think after the 2012 Bama loss, Brian Kelly knew pretty soon right after that that he needed to recruit better athletes, that, that it just wasn't even close to, to where it was. Uh, I think in 2018, 2019, he thought, you know, we're, we're just a few players away. We, we need to get some 
playmakers. We need to get to Chris Tyree and Michael Mayer. We need to add some corners. We need a Jordan Johnson kind of guy. And, and then uh, Kyle Hamilton. And then this year, I think if it were to happen again, it'd be like, well, well dang, what do we need? Is this just never going to happen? Because uh, I think he's been able to point to one thing or another about how he can improve and how he can close that gap. If it were to happen again, I think it would just – the reality would set in that I guess we can never be in Ohio State or Clemson. Uh, but I just don't see that happening. I think, I think they've done a great job of closing that gap. I don't think the gap is fully closed, but I think they've done a good job of doing that. They've got the longest active street in football, and, you know, I'm expecting a good game. Haven't lost a home game since they lost to Georgia a couple years ago. So everything, it seems like all the stars are aligning in Notre Dame's favor to finally bring some magic back to this program, bring some magic back to that stadium that, honestly, it's been too long. Like, they in the 90s, I know you're way too young to remember this, but in the 90s, they played games like this in town here all the time. Number one versus number three or number one against number ten. And it's just, it just hasn't been like that. So everything seems like it, it's falling into place for Notre Dame to really play well and win this game. But win, lose, or draw, no matter what happens on Saturday, the odds are these teams are going to probably meet again next month, December 19th, in Charlotte for the ACC championship. Yeah, and I think the unfortunate thing for Notre Dame, what, what's kind of happened and how it's played out is – their schedule is just terrible outside of Clemson. I mean, <laughs> welcome to the ACC. There will not be another marquee win on the schedule because if they beat North Carolina, that'll be their best, their their second best win if they were to beat Clemson. And North Carolina's going to end up with three or four losses. They might not end up being ranked in the season. And you know, when you think of college football playoff, are they going to let two ACC teams in that have split? Are they going to let Notre Dame and Clemson in? Does Notre Dame have to beat Clemson twice to get in the playoff? That's the big question. No. And no. 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 If this it, Say Notre Dame and Clemson split, and status quo is all around college football. I say the top four teams are Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. Done. We'll see. I think weird things happen. I think I, I just wonder a couple different a couple different scenarios. What happens if Georgia wins out, beats Alabama in the SEC championship game? Do they let Georgia and Bama in? What happens if Oregon runs the table and they're undefeated? Do they let a Pac-12 team in? Oklahoma State, if they run the table and have one loss, do they let them in? Cincinnati, I mean, are they going to give them any love? They're a sixth in the polls right now. Um, they have a weak schedule, but I mean, some of those seem like reaches, but we've seen weird things happen before. And it also, style points is a big thing, too. What if Notre Dame wins this game this weekend by three, but against Trevor Lawrence, they lose by 25? Um, True. It, it's, it all depends on style points and eye test and a lot of things that you can't really control, which is really a, a – head scratcher and annoying to a lot of fans because because it's not as easy as oh you just have to win this game sometimes it's oh you got to win it by a certain amount of points and you got to hope 
Oregon loses and you got to hope Bama wins out. There's all these like weird little factors that I think Notre Dame fans should be paying attention to. And again, they could split and end up both making it. But just in case, I think just in case Notre Dame fans should hope that chaos kind of ensues elsewhere, that Georgia loses, that Oregon loses, Oklahoma State loses, Cincy. You know, you want to just make sure that your case is as strong as possible and that no one can, can really compete with you. And when you say a lot of weirdness and stuff might happen, you don't know where, what college football is even going to look like a month from now. Like, look at Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin ever going to get back on track? Maybe not. And what if that happens with uh, another uh, team that, that has national championship aspirations? So who knows what's going to happen? But all we know what's going to happen is it's Notre Dame and Clemson here Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium. That's it. Now, we, we haven't talked too much about Georgia Tech. And honestly, there's, there's good reason for that. It wasn't like – the craziest game ever. It wasn't like we saw anything that was absolutely way different than we'd seen in the, the five games prior. And I thought it was funny in the second half. It was probably one of the more exciting things that happened in the game when – And this is something you had to talk about too. Oh, I had to talk about it. was when <laughs> Dave Pash, Marty Smith, and uh, Mike Golick – senior were uh, debating about their favorite Halloween candies and it just the Twitter sphere blew up everyone just bashing on these guys and it, it was really funny and I'll just I'll, I'll give you a quick list and then you can you can uh, tell me your favorite Halloween candies real quick but um, and, and as you do that as you do that I don't know if you if the microphone can pick this up but can you hear this can you hear that oh I can can you hear that? What, what I'm, eating some, I'm going to be eating some of my Halloween candy as you're talking. Oh, I like I it. I Halloween. I was in Atlanta. So my Golick's list was one Twix, two Hershey's, three Kit Kat, four Reese's. I thought that was a pretty good list. That was a great list. Mike Golick, all heavy on the chocolate there, Mike Golick. Come on. I love the chocolate, so I'm, I'm all in on that. Dave Pash, I thought this was – the worst. I don't even know what he was thinking on a couple of these. Twizzlers, number one, awful. Cracker Jacks, number two. That's not even candy. What are you talking about? What, unless he's watching a baseball game. Come on, Dave Nash. Three Musketeers, uh, four Twix. Marty Smith caught a lot of heat. He did Nerds, Sweet Tarts, M&M, Reese's. But people were acting like nerds is like eating birthday cake. Like they, they were acting like it was the most unusual. I don't get that. Nerds are incredible. Sweet tarts are great. I've got a big sweet tooth. So when it comes to chocolate or something sweet or sour, give it to me. And so, yeah, but that was like the second most exciting thing to happen in the game. And I thought that was pretty funny. And were you, while you were watching the game, were you eating Halloween candy? I was eating Chipotle. Which Were you dressed up in your favorite Halloween costume, though? I'm, come on. Come clean. No, I was not. <laughs> I wasn't too in the Halloween spirit. I was pretty focused on the game because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dork, I guess. Uh, I guess I was dressed up as a football reporter who enjoys watching. There you go. That's a reach right there. That was a real reach for you to do that. Yeah. Which, you know, to dress up as a football reporter, you just got to wear 
sweatpants and hey, hey, hey. a wrinkled shirt. <laughs> not to not to. I hate, don't know about uh, that outfit. <laughs> well, the the at the work at home outfit is is what I'm, is yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, but Georgia no, that's Tech. That's how we've been dressed. Much. Yeah, Georgia Tech. Um, I, I thought, you know, Notre Dame, Ian Book, it wasn't like there was a ton of just lighten it up kind of plays. But no. what I wrote about in my story and, and sort of the thing that's been a theme for them the last few weeks, when it matters, when the chips are down, they can deliver. It, when the offense doesn't have the 50-yard plays, when Book is throwing it all over the place and – getting jittery in the pocket when it matters when it's third and seven he's going to get it to michael mayer he's going to get it to javon mckinley on third and short kyron williams is going to get the third down uh, he's going to get the, the first down conversion in the last 36 third down opportunities dating back to the louisville last possession where they ran out the clock they've converted 24 of those 36 they have been extremely efficient on that down. They're one of the best third down con- converting teams in the country. And I think when you play a team like Clemson, obviously that's going to be a huge deal. And the identity of this team has been uh, control the game flow, time of possession, get their downs, run the ball down their throats. Big part of that is converting third downs. And Ian Book using his legs when when he needs to. And Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree making plays in the open space and on short yardage situations. Sebo Flemister as well. So I think that's a big thing. When when you, you hear all the criticism about the offense, and justifiably so, just remember, at least through the six, first six games, they got it done when it mattered. We're going to see if that works against Clemson. We've seen previous games against Georgia, Michigan. Miami, Notre Dame has not been able to run the ball. They haven't been able to convert those sort of situations. So will the uptick in competition? Uh, now, to, to expect them to be 10 of 15 against Clemson is, is kind of wacky, but can they be better than 2 and 15, which has kind of been the norm for them in, in previous years? So I think they have shown that that's a strength for them. And I think that will be the the big thing that I'm watching against Clemson is can they convert the third downs? Can they control the game flow and really dictate the way the game goes? Agree, 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 agree with everything. But you glossed over the candy. You talked about the ABC's ABC crew's favorite candy. What about Carter Carl's? What's your top four? Let's go. The, the real important hard-hitting stuff Ooh, wow. people want to know. Wow. Um, okay. Um, Let's go. I love just a Hershey's chocolate bar, <laughs> the milk chocolate. That can never go wrong with that. It's undefeated. Um, <laughs> I love nerds big time. Come on. Not for Halloween. I love it. I, I mean, you can't go wrong. They're never bad, um, including the grape ones. I know a lot of people don't like the grape flavor, but when it's nerds, it's all great. Um, I like Three Musketeers and 
oh, this is, it's like choosing your favorite son. It's like, how do you even do that? Uh, <laughs> I like Kit Kats. Uh, man, there's not a lot of bad things other than like Babe Ruth's and not a big Butterfingers guy. Uh, anytime someone gives me a big popcorn ball, I get pretty offended. Uh, <laughs> uh, toothpaste, you know, you never want to get that. Uh, <laughs> or mints or gum. It's like, what are you doing, grandma? Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, but, but when it comes to chocolate, the Hershey's, the Reese's, uh, all that kind of stuff, all that's great. Sour, sweet, sour patches, that kind of stuff. M- peanut butter M&M's, all, all M&M's, all of it is great. Like, I can't, you can't go wrong with a lot of stuff. What about you? Okay, here are my four. Skid in, in, in reverse order. Skittles, Kit Kats, Sprees, and my number one go-to candy that I've gone to Menards to buy, like, four monster bags since they started selling them in September. I'm staring at one right now. Different flavored Tootsie Rolls, not the chocolate, vanilla, huh. green apple, grape, red rat, red or uh, cherry, blue raspberry. Different flavored, to- the various flavored Tootsie Rolls. That's where you go. I'm gonna have a green apple one as I speak right here. I've never even heard of that before. Oh my god, you you haven't lived until you've had a vanilla a vanilla Tootsie Roll. Let's go. All right, man. You know, I saw on Twitter the other day, there was a, like, you know how they'll, some random place will make like a, here's the number one top loved uh, thing of each state. And it'll, it'll be like a picture on this, on the map of the U.S. And each state mm-hmm. is whatever it is. For the state of Indiana, it was milk duds, which uh, they're good, I guess. They're all right. But I'd never really ever think to buy them. And it's not really, I don't think anyone's that crazy about them. Are you? Well, get in that bee infested car of yours, drive up the road, go to Menards, go buy a 275 piece bag wow. of flavored Tootsie Rolls, and your life will change. You know what I've been getting at my local gas station quite a bit? Other, not pizza, I promise. I've been getting, <laughs> I've been getting sour, uh, ex- it's extremely sour sweet tarts. Now those, those kill me in a good way. So There you go. All right. I had, I had the floor for my tales of tra- my travel tales. To start the show, we're turning the floor over to you to end the show because you have some dating situation you want to address. Can, can you expand on that, Mr. Carls? Oh, man. Oh, oh. man. Uh, sure. Um, so this was an interesting situation. I'm only addressing it because I feel like I have to defend my honor. And... <laughs> Wow. So really the worst nightmare for a reporter is that when you go on vacation or you're off or you're just, you're done with a busy week, the worst nightmare is for something crazy to happen in the news world. You you, you know, you you can't dictate what happens in the news. Someone could die. Someone could transfer. Someone could get fired. And they're not asking, Hey, can, 
can we announce this now? Like it, it just happens sometimes. Yep. That's what happened Thursday night. Had a really busy week. And I'm at this restaurant on a date and I look at my phone and have about a hundred missed texts. And I think, okay, the last time this happened, like Kobe Bryant died. So, so something has got to be crazy right now. And so I just look at it really quick. Trevor Lawrence has tested positive for COVID-19 and my mind, I mean, I, I have a pretty good poker face, but my mind is just racing. Like, Oh my gosh, might have to leave right now and write about it or, uh, I've got to like handle this or whatever. Luckily, our our boy Tyler James was able to handle it. And he James coming to the rescue. You know, there was so much going on in that place at that time. You know, my phone was lighting up. Uh, I was trying to like, you know, be present in the moment on the date. And this gentleman to the left of us, you know, you talk about your plane experience he was going on a tirade about masks and just using all these obscenities about how it's all hoax. And I was very, oh, come on. One of those guys, one of those guys uh, Niles, Michigan for you. And uh, <laughs> the worst thing about it all. Uh, I don't know how many people know this. I have ADHD and <laughs> when it comes to focusing and mo- multitasking and, Knowing all of the, you know, handling all these things at once, not easy to process for me. And so I tried to just get a tweet off really quick, kind of joking, like, huh, did something happen tonight? Like, I didn't realize something happened. Just to kind of joke about the moment. Um, But the way I worded it was such like a humble brag, lame, like, hey, everyone, look what I'm doing tonight kind of thing. It was like, hey, it was on a date night. Anything happened while I was gone? Well, very soon, my phone had already been blowing up. At this point, it wasn't even working anymore because there were so many people just tweeting at me that I didn't even know who they were. And all these people, this was 930 at the time. They're all like, your date's already over? Oh, my gosh, like you're a loser like how, how does a date end at 9 30 guess guess it was a bad time and you know i the date had just started when i was still on it i just kind of used the wrong tense at the time and i wasn't really thinking about it when i tweeted it and so it was just one after another like i'm some of them were pretty uh inappropriate some were interesting some made me laugh but you might want to check it out or maybe don't. Uh, that'd be cool too. But I had to defend my honor a little bit because, wow, do I regret tweeting about that. And wow, do I regret that situation happening because <laughs> my, my, whew, I just, there was a point in the night where I'm like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom and just like see what's happening because like this is bad. <laughs> I've got to defend my That's- honor. It's not because, yeah, you're on a date and all that and everything, but you're also a football reporter. And it's last I checked, October 29th is the middle of football season. It's not like you're sitting there in the middle of summer when nothing's happening and you're more, you're focused more on Twitter and more on what's happening in the college football world than your date. Like it's football season. Your date's going to have to understand 
<laughs> this, is a, this, is, this is the busiest time for me. Like, yeah. if, if you got a problem with it, this is our first date. We may not get a second date. No problem. <laughs> she was a very good sport. I, I, she kind of knew the, the, the drill before going into it. Um, she didn't know who Trevor Lawrence was, which is okay. Uh, but That's I, okay. I kind of had to explain, like, hey, so imagine the craziest thing ever just happened. Uh, that just happened. <laughs> That's how I had to explain it. Luckily, it went fine for those who are interested. But uh, Well, wow. here's the question now. Here's, here's the, here's the $64,000 question. Uh-oh. Will there be a second date? Uh, Maybe. You got to shake the magic eight ball and see what it comes up with. Possibly what? There's one tonight. Do you like the chances? There's one tonight. Nice. See, there you go. Yep, yep. So I I guess Trevor Lawrence did not uh, end up ruining my dating life after all. So (laughs) So for Notre Dame football fans, if you're listening to this podcast on Sunday night, do not under any circumstance – tweet at Carter Carl's until after midnight and maybe not even then. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't tweet insults at me, whatever you do. I mean, no matter how much you want to no obscenities, no insults. I'm just joking. I know it's coming. It, it, I'm totally going to get some, so I can't wait. You are. You're just going to have to leave the phone in the car. <laughs> All right, that's it. We covered COVID. We covered Notre Dame. Again, Notre Dame scores 24 unanswered points. They, ter- they flip a 7-7 game into a 31-7 game. They go on to win 31-13. They're 6-0. They're 5-0. Clemson coming to town this week. We talked Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame-Clemson. We've talked Halloween candy and Carter Carl's dating life. We've pretty, pretty much covered every base on this one. Sure have. All right, we'll talk to you next week. We don't know where Notre Dame will be, but stay tuned. Over and out.